make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put it in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings thing way? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's ball with the pain. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's ball with the pain. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's ball with the pain. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's ball with the pain. You want to make money on Welcome back, everybody. What a hell of a weekend here at Lat B. If you haven't subscribed, you better get on that because you're losing money. Losing big money. Underdog of the week, Leslie Smith, coming through again with Darren Till. I feel like, how did your weekend go? I feel like someone was giving us a little hit on the verse. But beautiful. I had a beautiful weekend. Of, you know, it is all, I, I don't know if it, it was a great card. I had but fun. Then I didn't know, shit, but I didn't know if, card. like, am I biased because I got so many right? <laughs> <laughs> is it a more fun night when you get everything correct? Maybe. I think it is. When your DraftKings looks good, is looking all green checks, and your tapology is all green check marks, everything's green. I love that. That's a good night. Green means go. Yeah. So especially on the betting sites and stuff. Right, right. We just are coming off of a fight night. Gdansk, apparently, is the way you pronounce it. And the commentary was Dansk. a bit. I thought they were calling it Gdansk. I think that's an American way to say it. I think it's Dansk. Thanks. Either way. Anyway. The commentary was semi-abysmal with uh, Dan Hardy talking really about people. I didn't really figure out this. Jan Jacek, what? I could just throw that off my tongue. You want a Jan Jacek? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, two years from now, I'll be able to say that in the city name, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you happen to listen to much of them? Because there was a point in time when Dan Hardy was even just like, oh, if he pulls his legs out, he's going to get fall right on his left butt cheek. <laughs> Did you happen to catch that? Uh, it was pretty funny. I listened. To, I liked it. I listened to the commentary. I just didn't hear that part. Um, either way, they didn't do too. I think it's just one of their weaker lineups when they have a lot of other guys that mesh really well. Um, even though I think those were the two gentlemen, Dan Hardy and his accomplice in crime, I'll do the breakdowns all the time. I know, and you know, I can't remember that other fellow's Me name. Neither. I for to, to save my life, I gotta tell you. I don't know where he came from or what. <laughs> in a weird way, I feel like that's kind of like us. Like when we're gonna be talking about fights later on, and if we build more fame or when we build more fame, I should say, I will be the person that they're like, I don't know where she came from. Hopefully, they are like the same thing. Like, I like her, all right. Yeah, uh, I like her. Okay. Blindsided <laughs> out of nowhere, and um. So Darren Till, our biggest underdog, not our biggest underdog, but our lat B pick was that pick for a reason because we just saw a lot of value in that young man. Now everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Now everybody's like, Darren Till's going to be one of the greatest. Sorry, we were telling you, if you're listening to the show, Darren Till is going to be a top contender. I don't know about a champion yet because he's still got somebody with a good gas tank and wrestling credentials. Like a, he lost a doll beat, one of his only losses. I, there's a blueprint to beat Till. Um, but he's a fun guy to watch. He's so young and so explosive. He's a super dangerous guy for the division. He had good head movement already for his age. He didn't get hit by anything. By Cowboy. And everyone wants to throw Till to the Wolves right off this. And I love Cowboy Cerrone. 
I don't think Donald Cerrone is a 170 top 10 guy. I yeah, love I him at 155. I feel like he ekes the, to- the top 10 of the 155. He's a small 170. I don't think he's a top 10 guy. So I don't want them. I think Mike Perry is a good next matchup. Or that, that but he's step. fighting Ponzinibbio. He's fighting Ponzinibbio. So. But the fans like the Till... Perry matchup. It's got a good amount of heat on it. The scary thing with that whole, if you guys didn't happen to see Till and Mike Perry got into it at cage side, but I think that Till is way higher level than um, Perry, and I think Ponzinibbio is right there with Perry. I think Perry. Mike Perry knocks out Cowboy. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I that agree is with the that. kind of everyone keeps. Cowboy is a huge step up in competition. Why would Mike Perry even Not think he deserves it? I don't career. think so. And I also heard this, and this is, I I newer to the game with how the legend of Robbie Lawler. But what I will say in my lifetime, I can now say of watching fights, it, you know, the small little time that it's been, I can see Robbie Lawler versus. Uh, Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler versus now Cowboy Cerrone right in front of my face. And is it fair to say that Robbie Lawler takes two years off everyone's fight career? <laughs> like just the battle with Robbie yeah, Lawler. Yeah, I agree. It's over. I totally agree. And I think that was also a pivotal thing that a lot of people aren't touching on is like, hey, Donald Cerrone was just in a split decision with Lawler two we months ago. We called on it. Yeah. That's why we did not pick Donald Cerrone. Yeah, right. And that was one of those big things that were put. As of now, we're picking out some of that good stuff. Unfortunately, though, on this fight night, there did happen to be a fight that fell out. Anthony Hamilton and Wizier, whatever face, ended up falling out. That was super uh, scary because all of a sudden I had to switch on my cards before I, anything crapped. So, so my cards got moved around a but lot. But you want to know what I will that. say? I got an email from DraftKings telling me about it ahead of time. Oh, wonderful. And, yeah, and every and then I had enough time to do it. So I was thinking maybe it's not DraftKings' fault. Maybe the fighters themselves like need to have a time where it's like the cards all clear two hours before fight time. Like I know shit happens. That's what I was about to say. It, there's the weirdest things will happen where all of a sudden someone will be like, I can't move my back. And they're just like, oh, I it's an hour before the show, dude. I can't move. Give me another cheeseburger. Like, you fucked. That's just the way it goes. But also with that, there was the weight issue that went on with Sam Alvey. And we tweeted back and forth a few times through our account letting fans know that we were going to side with Alvey because he stopped cutting. He didn't, didn't make that weight by at least three pounds. So he didn't hurt himself. That was our hopes. Right. Right, right, right. But Sam you know Alvey, yeah. low output. Every time. He's a fade against... I would have picked him against his previous opponent, but against any up-and-comer, Sam Alvey's on his way out, and that's just... This is what else I have to say about Sam Alvey. I'll never, ever, ever put him on a card again hoping for the 100, because when he survives a decision... This is what else you have to say about Sam Alvey. This other guy could be an exciting fighter. Sam Alvey has this weird way of really making a boring fight. What yeah, a yes. boring, boring fighter. I love him in, outside of the ring, and I would be interested in a reality show or even him as a coach for an up-and-coming MMA fighter with him and his wife and whatever's going on there. But don't really want to watch him fight again. I would agree with or that. Or I would be interested off. at 205. Give me Sam Alvey at 205 or even one, 245. Let him get big as fuck because he has that style of a heavyweight. Just a slow, I would say boring punch. Two hundred five would be fire. better than that. He's just not. 
big yeah. enough, but he could be. I mean, I've seen five foot ten heavyweights out there. So yeah, with Alvi, definitely he the, had thirty nine pounds to lose at like fight time. Imagine days. if he was worked out with that thirty nine pounds right. on him, and then food on top of that. I don't know. So that MV guy that a lot of people were hyped on with that A one M one experience, K one, all that stuff. Um, didn't really put too good of a showing against Sam Alvey, where I feel like Alvey Sam Alvey can be, fi- yeah, he can be finished, uh, hence the Derek Brunson and a couple, it's not easy to do, but I'm just saying pump the brakes, a lot of people, Evil Twin was all over Remvy and didn't I was Didn't get like, Alvey down at all either. Yeah, there was a what, one hard left, I think, the entire fight, so still be cautious, both of those guys, but to start off the night, we had Emmett piecing apart Arantes. He had four knockdowns in the first round. If you ever want to see a 10-7 round, go back to the first fight of the night. And I had Hemet on a lot of cards, and he really came through with over 100. I was impressed. Yeah. He has me back on his train. And he moved up those 10 pounds, but he wears it well, even though he's shorter. Mm-hmm. He looked shredded as a beast. He looked like... Right. I was really surprised that Arantis got it together after those four knockdowns and went to a decision. I could have seen it being stopped I thought so it was going to be finished. Right? I thought it was going to be finished. Especially after how early... The secondary fight of the night was between Lisa Landsberg versus Aspen Ladd, and I don't give a wait, shit wait, what wait. you say. Back to the first fight, oh, okay. though. Everything we set up was true on that. The American wrestling totally stifled everything. Right. Um, oh, and right from I'm Man. glad we put Emmett on cards, and even though it was the first fight of the night and didn't put Arantes on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. glad all that happened. That was a good decision to make for the DraftKings night. Agreed, Go on, agreed. sorry. So, on to the lady fight. To the lady fight, the second night of the fight, we had... Uh, Aspen Ladd defeating Lisa Landsberg, and I would say the first round I was cash in the bank. Lisa Landsberg Looks was good. looking amazing. Aspen Ladd had no idea, but when they went into the corner, the corner said, "Hey, take her down. You can get her down there." And I would say that was a TKO to Banshee Scream. I would not say I, this is the other thing that I have a big problem that with. That, that. Was a TKO. If you were anyone can rewatch that. Not only was Lisa Landsberg defending herself appropriately, she also, if you look, she was wearing Aspen Lad so high on her, she, she was, was almost going to shake her off. Yeah, she, she, almost she almost had her. She almost had her. So I, re- it was an early stoppage, and if she would have gotten up, I would have. It would have been fine. It, it w- maybe would have been one one round. Agreed. That's exactly what I would have And then three would have been interesting yeah. because it's all the takedown. Um, but did you happen to listen to the audio on that? Because it was yes. ear ringing. She let loose. What's she your best Aspen Lad impression? Wah! <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> it's no. <laughs> I can't get high enough. It was definitely a shriek. Um, but either way, a lot of people are like super high on Aspen Lad. I just, I agree with you. I agree with you I don't think all she's day. A world beater yet. I think what's going to happen is we're going to have money to be made on betting against Aspen Lad in the future because she is going to be a hype train rolling into her next fight. She's going to be wearing a super heavy um, price tag, and depending on who she goes against, she could be in trouble. She, there's a lot of women in the 115 that I don't think, or I'm sorry, 135. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely someone to keep an eye on and not in the best ways. Um, But anything else in that fight that stuck out? It was pretty short. No, yeah, and I, I mean, Aspen Ladd looked overall better at the end than right. Lena. But What man. I would say, though, is like, hey, if you're going to fight Aspen Ladd, take down defense and clinch. You're going to win a fight. Knees to the body without with if she doesn't get that takedown, she's losing that fight. If not getting finished with those knees that were getting closer to the head, they're inching up. So moving on to the next fight, we had Worley Alves defeat 
uh, Samil Tahuri. And Tahuri put it in a Valiant effort on short notice. Alves looked Q-fucking-mungus. Humongous. Humongous. It's unbelievable on short notice that he made 170. Um, I was impressed with some of the shots he took without getting knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous so, during that fight because I had him on a few cards. Yeah, I had Alves as well, and he didn't he didn't produce that much. I think he got like 59 points on DK. Um, I had Alves sporadically. I backed off of him a bit. Tahuri put in a good showing, and I think Tahuri is one to watch. He might even move down to 155, but even at 70, I think with a game plan and the out short Norris, I'm going to... There's going to be money to be made on that young man. He's definitely evolving. Alves, what I didn't like, we're still seeing those gas tank issues, which means it's something that's a, that's an exploitation that we can see Alves still work, being young and working his way up. Um, but I could see potentially Alves moving up to 85 before I think he's almost going to have to. Yeah, like, he was he, huge. His frame is enormous. He was shoulders above his opponent and muscularly built. I'm still nervous about him. I don't know how... I'll be more likely to bet to hurry in the future than Alves. That's that's exactly where I'm going. <laughs> Even though exactly. we were right again. Right, right on that Just call. to remind just you guys. We're letting you know what we're we, had a we good foresee. Week. <laughs> a good week. But moving on to the next fight, we had a fight that was also almost stopped multiple times over. A decision between Andre Feely over Artem Lobov. I mean, that was a 10-7, 10-8 round easy when Lobov's uh, 10-8 round, when Lobov ate that left switch kick to the dome, um, Feely really kept him on the outside, good gas tank. I really like uh, what Feely's doing, though. Or, in general, I like his movement and his game plan. He was taking a shot to give a shot, and I didn't like that aspect of it. But when Keith decided, Feely decided to put that takedown game into account he ran away with the fight where he could have been doing that in the first and second round instead of keeping Artem around for the beginning of that fight. Lobov, you need to go to Bellator. If not, you, I got a fight for you. He's done. Bally he wants the UFC. Uh, he wants the UFC to let him go. Oh, he said that? contract so he can box. Pauly Mananashi. That's what he said. Pauly. But he even said, I don't think Pauly will want this because he's just looking for a money fight. Ugh. Yeah, don't really care too much more. Don't man. care I don't about either guy, honestly. Yep. I like, I mean, Artem is a sweet guy, but the biggest thing to happen, in it, and Andre Feely put in a great performance, but because I'm so weary on Artem, I don't know who I'm going to bet still on with Feely next time. I'm glad it played out well for sure. us, but I thought Feely looked good back, but Artem just didn't really do that much. To make Agreed. him frightening, so it's I don't know, it's an odd thing. The biggest thing to happen in the whole fight was Conor McGregor walking, <laughs> watching it. How sad is that? But that was the biggest pop of the entire night was just him. And during this fight, the ref stopping the bout in order to tell Conor to shut the hell up, so he could keep. Because he was that giving fight. corner uh, advice to. Right, as a fan, when he was in the spectator, not in a corner position. And the other thing, um, I thought it was interesting that. Feely yelled at Connor, why don't you defend your title before you talk all this shit? And I thought it was even more funny before the fight started when Artem was walking into the ring. Feely was walking around the ring doing the Connor McGregor million dollar walk. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I ended up catching that. You could look up the video online. It's pretty and funny. That and is funny. That's, and then so backstage, Connor McGregor's been busted for calling. Feely a faggot twice 
So that's been everything going on with all this about. So I did hear that multiple times over, and you being. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, and that's what do you? Think I stick about up it? for him because I don't, before when he says stuff when he's talking, you know, I don't know what each country. But a gay slur is a gay slur at this point, Connor, and you're an international star. You gotta be different than Saudi Arabia. You know, be di have a different value. So maybe calling Feely faggot is not the best way to go. And there's a thousand other words out there to use. And I believe even on the Lat B Twitterverse, follow us at Lesbo and the Bean on Twitter. Uh, there was an, a fan that specifically had something that Lat B put him in their place about. I, I can't specifically recall. Do you remember uh, what that, that post was? Does not having fight pass make me gay? <laughs> And I believe our response was beautiful. We, uh, half of our staff is gay and we all have fight pass. So lame is the word you're looking for. Not gay. I would agree with that. A hundred percent. You yeah, can there's take other that words. The there's other words, people. Come on. We're I know we live in a politically correct time, but there's things that are painful to every single nationality, race, creed, color. Everybody has their line and, you know, you got to know when to draw it kind of. Moving on to the next fight, we had... Na, 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 na. The more you know. <laughs> Albie versus MB. We talked about this a little bit already. We ain't putting Albie on sheet. MB is still a little hesitant on against somebody of caliber. He's I don't think he's going to show as well. Um, moving on to the next fight after that, we had Brian Kelleher knock out Damon Stasiak in the third round. Uh, I ended up switching this fight post weigh-ins. I really liked Stasiak's look. I really thought he looked uh, together. He hurt Kelleher early in that fight with a couple body shots. Kelleher did a good game plan and shook it off. Kelleher just kept bringing the boom, pun intended. And I like Kelleher a lot after this fight. He looked I thought good, he was but interesting. He looked different than his last fight by far. I. It was one of the things I specified when I picked it. This friggin' picture that Topology uses is uh -huh. such bullshit. It does him no justice. And if you can <laughs> see him in the flesh, he's like, okay, all right, I'm going to pick Kelleher all day over this other dude, Stasiak. I'm going to pick Kelleher all day. Uh -huh. But when you see this picture that they have, this winky, like, it looks like a guy just a, battle, just a battle in the forehead growing. Just battle in forehead growth. Um, yeah, he looks better with the shaved head now and the beard. He looks tough. I would say a main event could also have one of that because that hair, I hated on Donald. I've never liked Donald with hair. He's always needs to be bald. I do not mind him at all with hair, but that hair was struggling. Exactly. Like, if, I don't mind if you're going to have hair, and I don't mind if you have a receded hairline. But he was friggin' tired. He and shouldn't he have been doing that exact, fight. Well, that's why we made so much money off of him. Yeah. So, moving on to the next fight, we had a unanimous decision of Darren Till over Nazareth. Uh, Harp Quest or Marson Held over. Didn't I say that Marson Held? No, you said Darren Till. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'm getting all mixed up. So a decision uh, held over Nazrat, um, Baby Gast oh, with the strong nipple game. Baby Gastelum. Baby and other people, I feel like we're saying, wow, Gastelum's little brother. You heard it here first. You know they listen in that beat. So this fight, I actually, even though Held won, I thought this could have been. Uh, Split decision. I thought Nazrat looked really good 
coming out of King's End MMA, he reminded me of a Dariushin stand-up. Good takedown defense. Uh, solid on the ground. Held should have been able to supposedly submit him with all those credentials. Held's Did overrated. It. I was going to say, constant. I feel like Held is going to be a fade from now on. And I'm liking some Nazrat. Give that. Give this dude another two years. He's going to be a scary guy. I'm sure he you shoots. can name three fighters off the top of your head 10 years ago this is like 10 even maybe 15 years ago of uh -huh. fighting when the wrestling game really got heavy in the ufc and how it made for boring fights all of a sudden pretty much what you said uh uh who's fights later tonight the big friggin guy that ended up uh block of it oh okay. block, yeah, yeah. pretty much what you said was going to happen we're going to see it once a guy that's good enough at wrestling gets in it'll stop the fight and stifle it and lay and it'll and just be a boring fight a that's what held is but you can't do that anymore in ufc i feel like coming up against stronger components or opponents they they're gonna they're ready to stifle yeah. just that with a sprawl and i throw agree with you too i don't know who against but I am interested in Nasrat for the future. Yeah. Baby Gastelum. With that strong nipple game. <sighs> Jesus. Cut, cut your eye open. <laughs> yeah, you can feed a family with those things. <laughs> Moving on to the next fight. We had Oscar Pichota versus Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan Wilson, you need to get the hell out of here. You are not UFC material. You haven't been. Um, you got a couple good wins. Flash knockouts. Now they more look like uh, in the perspective of your career. But the gas tank issues weren't fixed. Was I was hoping that Waco. I was can't be wait till we have a sound effects board, and we are gonna have a sound for people when they need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, you need to move it on. Move it on. Move out. And be like so, to the left, to the left. Everything you own is in a box to the left. <laughs> <laughs> what I did like with Oscar Pichota was good gas tank. He had constant pressure. He was confident enough in his ground game that he was throwing some spinning heel kicks in at 185-205 region for guys to be doing that. I really, really like. On the ground, um, just like we were saying here on the show, all those submissions he was getting earlier on in his career aren't going to happen even against the Wilson because it is still UFC. So... Pichota's someone to watch out for. I'm not as hyped as most people are. I think people are really flying his banner high right now after this win, but Wilson looked like garbage. So Yeah, we were like, okay, you beat Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Not the biggest deal in the world right now, but someone to keep an eye on. Anything else you want to throw in on that no, one? No, that's all said. Yeah. So then we had a fight ending in a submission. Jan Blakowicz versus Devin Clark. I ended up getting a big stink egg on this. I had a Clark beating no. this. And, uh... Blackowitz came out looking better than he ever has. He was been a little soft in most of his fights. This fights, he looked every bit of TRT that you could hope for in a fighter. And um, the experience and gas tank definitely. Clark aided two body shots and was like, no, thank you. Gas tank went out the door. And standing re naked choke, no hooks in. Rare. Very rare. But I think that's more a testament to Devin Clark and the gasness. How gassed he gets, and he's he's done it in other fights. He will give up positions due to gas tank. He should not be in the UFC, and I would press the button right now. That would say, get out. Oh, that might not be a bad idea. Yeah, he I, has so much potential, but it's he is so... He just lost to Jan Blakovic stand-up 
no, no hooks. hooks. Rune I would say that Jan took more head trauma in that fight than anyone falling on the... <laughs> Did you after the rear naked choke? It was like his body, he was so used to a rear naked choke and having hooks in and being on his back doing it uh-huh. that when the ref tapped him to let go, he let go so fast he just fell. Uh-huh. He was like holding on for He was pretty much, it wasn't even a rear naked choke as much as just a pure choke. Because if... Jan's whole body weight is on him. That's some shit you see he out tapped, on the playground. He let go his whole... No. That's some yeah. shit you see on the, on the playground. But good fight. Good for Jan. I'm glad I had him everywhere. I did have him on a few as well. Uh, I had Clark on not so many because of that gas tank. So yeah, Jan came through on me as well. I listened to our show and that was a nugget. I only I played Lesbo on. in the bean cards and I did... All right, on DraftKings. Enough to play basketball all week, save money aside. Come on, DraftKings on. Not doing so great at football this year. No, I'm not good at fantasy football. Specifically football this year, I feel like there's been more injuries than I've ever seen. This is what happened to me last night, because every week I have a real, like, so this other player's injured, this other player. Last night, I had two players left to play, and it was going to be the first game I won all week or all year yet in my work league it would have within the first week I won two players I'm like all right all right I got the Falcons it's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the black smoke monster rolled in from lost and covered the field I thought something was wrong with my tv for a minute like I didn't have the sound up so I was just and I'm like oh are you shitting me did my tv just shit out (laughs) like are you kidding but it was so much fog anyway so back to the real sports. Back to real competition. We had a co-main event in Carolina Kovalkevich. Good one. <laughs> Thanks. Jody Thanks. We called it all day. If you had the money left over to be able to afford KK, she was the highest priced uh, fighter. She did score over a hundred points in a one-sided bout. Escobel. Even though she lost handedly, I do think that she's someone I'm going to look out for in the, the in the division because she ate so many knees and punches. A lot of women would have given up in there, and she went to a decision. Um, the amount part, of eat, knees she ate in the first alone, I thought it was over. And you would have thought, exactly. Oh my God. So that's where it's like, hey, Escobar's got heart. You can make money off heart because she's going to put women. She is now in a different level. That's how we pick We're our Leslie Smith kind of underdog picks. Yeah, it's it usually hard. is hard. It usually is like well, got it. because a lot of the times our underdog picks aren't necessarily do we think they're going to win as much as we think on DraftKings they're going to be worth every cent you pay for them to make a really fat card. Yep. So I feel like she could be someone that going against if they throw her against a cookie monster uh, like Esparza, Esparza ain't going to knock her out. Right. Is she going to finish her? Because this was just yeah, the standard fight the whole entire time. Escobel Esparza, sign me up. I watch that fight all day. That sounds like actually a really, really fun There it fight. is. You heard it here first. Cookie Monster, get on that phone. So get on that line. Woo, woo. Moving on to the main event. We already talked about it. Till Cerrone. Cerrone, take a year off if you decide to come back at all. Um, Till, I don't think it's Perry the next fight. Uh, the people that are open in the division that I can immediately see for I have account. a business plan for Cowboy. All right, I don't think he it. needs to fight anymore. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I love him too much. And do I think he could? Yeah, I think you can fight for another two years. Uh, At what cost? Exactly. You don't have a nose anymore, homie. So I think he takes money. He has enough friggin' sponsors. And I think the sponsors would pay for all this that I'm about to talk about. All right, Cowboy. You have Monster Energy Drink. You have, I don't even know, 
Fram. I don't know who sponsors Cowboy. He has all those kind of sponsors, though. You have them soup up the BMF Ranch. Soup it up. Make it almost like Rob Deirdrick's Fantasy Factory, uh-huh. but you make it the ranch like that because Cowboys haul all high octane, tons of sports and everything. Not only are you training actual fighters, you do the reality show. You build it up super nice, but you have all this stuff that they're doing in their off time that's entertaining for us to watch in the reality show. And that pays for everything. Right. BMF Ranch. I think you start pushing it. I don't think there's any reason that BMF Ranch can't be as big as Alpha Male. I don't think there's any reason at all. It, it could be the Alpha Male for the 155 to 185, maybe 155 to 175 guy. I think that is what BMF Ranch could offer. He, Schilling, you could have Kurt out there doing some kickboxing drills and stuff. He has all his connections over at Winkle John's. Could be an interesting thing. Reality show, Cowboy. I totally agree, and there's more and more fighters starting be- to retire. And you can always have old fighters that are just wanting to roll around hanging out to, for autographs and pictures and all sorts of stuff. He lives in a beautiful place out in Colorado. People want to go visit Totally there. interesting. Yep. Yep, yep, It'd yep. be super fun. He could have random celebrities mm-hmm. on. He could have certain fighters come on, too. Speaking I, of random celebrities. Please. Did you hear Tyrone Woodley talk about Demi Lovato and said she could she should take an MMA lady fight and she'd be able to beat a lot of the ladies? I know Lovato's fighting. like a blue belt, but it's like a Gracie blue belt, which is legit. Like, she's legitimately training. Um, I'd be interested, but it's one of those things. If millionaires don't wake up to train in the morning. Like, I used to be a hater, and now I am a fan of Demi Lovato. Oh, damn, this is where he got you. No, the, when she got her belt. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, When people get their belt, it's really touching to me. I feel like I almost had a tear when Eddie Bravo, the belt that he got when he beat, uh, what, did he beat Hoist Crazy? Uh, he beat, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so no, many it wasn't Gracies. Hoist, it wasn't yeah, Hoist. see, there's so yeah, many. Yeah, I know no, I'd get I know the wrong it was, one. It was what made Eddie Bravo... Uh, I think yeah. uh, Henner Gracie. I think it was okay. Henner Gracie. I was gonna. Like <laughs> yeah. Did he beat Connor Gracie? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hen, Henner. Henner. I, I think, think you might was. be right. Yeah. Okay. So um, he got a black belt when he won that fight. Yep. And the black belt is so not black anymore. It looks like faded denim. It looked like that denim jacket Mike Perry was wearing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all faded. Uh, he gave that belt to Tony Ferguson when he got his UFC belt this time. So Tony got his black belt That's from like, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty touching. And he gave him that black belt. The one that he got. Right. Right, right, when right. He, I don't know. The one carried down with the lineage, so it's touching to me when people get their belts. Yeah, if it's done in the right way, I don't want not. Don't go to the YMCA in three weeks from now. Show me a belt, then you're gonna get something. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it was definitely uh, a good show, though. I had fun. There was a couple do- snoozers in a row there, um, but I thought it was an overall overall good fight night. I even saw a couple people on my Twitter say like, "Oh, I'm glad I missed this card because." I didn't really see anything, and I'm like, you're a douchebag, unfollowed immediately. Two things with this card. One, not only was it an entertaining card as far as I was concerned, I loved the time. I loved Me watching too. a Sunday fight. I felt like this is what NFL fans and college football fans must feel like. If I didn't have to work later that evening, I would have uh, popped a beer, Yep. barbecued, done a little something, something. Living the dream. I know, so nice. I didn't mind the day card. And I thought for a day card, I, 
One more thing, which I, I don't know if I've ever said this. Fight Pass ran seamless. I thought it Beautiful. did well, too. I agree. And then it made me question, is it because only 10 other people were watching this? <laughs> <laughs> I do think it ran well. Um, but overall, the weekend was good. There was EBI as well that ended up going down on Fight Pass. That happened late until late last night. Yeah, I ended up not watching it all. I did catch a good amount of it, though, but even the open palm strikes that Ibrash was talking about with Joe Rogan, um, fun, fun, fun stuff. I'm really excited. I, again, we're still in infant stages of all these combative sports, and it's I really like that the UFC's taking interest to alternative means of combat sports, not just MMA. They're doing this ground with open palm strikes kind of stuff, and it's really fun to see. Um, there was also a couple other organizations running. There was some Twitter knockouts rolling around there, some disgusting body shots and uh some disgusting decisions. Uh if you didn't happen to catch <laughs> Shlomenko versus Gegard Musasi, this is what we've been saying all along here that hey, the UFC guys aren't looking as good as they always were. And is it a more uh, the UFC guys are on their way out that go to Bellator or that Bellator's of caliber. And I'm starting to think Bellator's getting to be that caliber state, next caliber, a fighter. Rory McDonald arguably has a win, not arguably, has a win over the current champion. And if there's somebody to beat the UFC's current champion at 170, is Rory McDonald. I can't wait to watch Rory fight again. And he, to me, is the only guy that's been smart about the time he's taking between for a young guy yeah. taking the time he needs between fights instead of just yeah I'll fight five times this year. As much as I want to see him fight over and over again, all these fighters, I want him to stay around for a while. That's how you build superstars, and you can't build superstars if three years from now all of our super Chuck Liddells and Tito Ortiz and our superstars from yesteryear start showing signs, and we have a bunch of Muhammad Ali's walking around. Like, it's just not going to happen. It, it's going to, I even think football, we're in a dangerous place with football, with the traumatic brain injury and everything changing like that, that I don't want, I want these guys to be smart. I think Demetrius Johnson even put out or did an article or an interview, something saying that guys really need to think about how to evade shots. Like that needs to be their, like they need to start putting it as a priority in their training. Right. And I think that is a big thing. Dominic Cruz would probably say the same. All the all a bunch of grades would probably yeah, say the I same thing. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, DJ says it all the time. With that Musasi though, did you end up catching any of the highlights of that main event on Bellator? Yes, I, I watched, saw. I watched the whole fight. I did as well, and I don't think Gegard won that fight. I agree with you all day, all day. And that was just, it, it all started off with that left hand breaking, potentially breaking his orbital. But after that, Masasi didn't look the same. And all credit to Shlomenko. You could not Shlomenko. see out of that eyeball. I cannot believe they let, it was the, like, what? I mean, first land Minute, of the fight. Yeah, like, Boom. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And his eye swell, I never seen an eye swell up so fast, so quick. Usually that's stuff that happens, like, they might get take the hit in the first round. But we don't see that kind of swelling until, like, the press conference, right. that shit was unbelievable. I can't believe that on the second time the doctor went in to look at it, I thought it's, it's over. Yeah, it's There's the no way you can see. Yep. <coughs> he opened up his eye and put the flashlight in there. 
you couldn't even see an eyeball move around. Did you happen to see the gif of Gagar <coughs> trying to grab the ring at the end of the third round? Yes. And to- the no death death perception. Pers- yeah. Gone. Gone. So he fought that way, but I do think that affected the fight a lot. But Bellator's got some beasts out there. And the debut, did you happen to see the other devastating finish that happened earlier in the night out in Bellator there against their Hardy, their boxer, that went up against a debuting uh, fighter in Bellator? She had a few amateur bouts, a kickboxer, pieced her apart kickboxing. Oh, she was a boxer, and she was an amazing, a great boxer, right? She was yeah. a boxing champion. Yes, yes, And she yes, went yes, in, yes. and she won her last fight. A few fights. Yeah, and then she was looking good, and she, and she went in this against, time. Yeah, yeah, and this girl came in, brand nobody knew her, and everyone's like, she's going to get pieced apart. Um, That was a good bet if you picked the under girl. I just don't have enough time to look at all the undercards on all those. So yeah, honestly, here's the shout out, DraftKings. Why don't you start putting some good Bellator? Oh, you don't I have to do I all the Bellator cards, but you start putting them on DraftKings, you're gonna build their audience uh, a little bit. Do I wanna uh, do I wanna trigger some people right now? Because I'm about to trigger. Have you ever heard of counter move? Remember that old thing? They were able to have Bellator bouts. True. A lot of Come other sometimes. On. Yeah. DraftKings, you're not able to put Bellators. It just, it's unreal. Um, it is, though, those Bellator cards are going to be where you're going to get bigger fluctuations of uh, ranges in wagers or in uh, points scored. There's just a lot of upsets. But that would make a fun night just because you don't know kind of what's going to happen. Get on it, DraftKings. Anything else you got in the Twitterverse that is escaping me right now? I can't think of anything else that I've really wanted to hit on. <laughs> We talked about my Perry's bad jacket. I didn't look like you'd just come out I, of in the back. Have you seen any of the Rose Nama Yunus and Joanna stare downs? Joanna face off? Uh, a couple of them. Rose is getting a little heated. I saw him. one of them, I think. Am oh, I wrong did you? That? No, Stone Cold. Okay, never mind. Stone Cold never Killer. Then Hashtag it was clickbait. Yeah, I, I hope it's not true. Somebody said that they heard a rumor that the Rose JJ fight was off. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. So. I have not heard it from any confirming sources. So, fingers crossed that is totally not true. Dirty old rumor. So, do you know of the rumor that Cyborg and Holly have supposedly agreed the terms only if you saw the Wada and Yamama end up piss-testing them at the same times, like twice a day, six in the morning, six at night? I'm making those times up. But either way, they're supposedly verbally agreed, but do somebody's not signing the contract. This is what I believe. Uh, Cyborg's doing this because Holly's people are nervous about Holly taking the fight because, and their excuses that Cyborg has popped in the past. And so Cyborg, to get ahead of the train, was all, well, she's from a dirty camp, and I've been tested this many times, uh, so how about we're tested the same amount of hot times? And Holly comes out, well, I've been tested more than you this year. And Cyborg's like, I wasn't saying that at all. Let's just have a match and have a fight where we both get tested the same amount of times. So that was what I gathered from the whole thing. I uh-huh. don't know what Holly Holmes... To me, Holly's ducking a fight. Ooh, it's not an easy fight, but I'd say for Cyborg, one of the most interesting fights in the division, if there's an interesting fight for her, is Holly Holmes just because she has, she has the ability to stay on the outside and really... Where on that gas tank that we don't know if Cyborg really has. Duran, Darren Dame would have had that option as well, but she ran. So, I don't know what you want to do there. 
I don't know if I really... Everyone say Holly is the best matchup for Cyborg because of her style. Yep. 100%. I do not think Holly has had any close to any kind of fight like this. Agreed. She has not fought. Agreed. Holly hasn't fought near the... I don't even think Holly's... Has she even fought a man in Noons? Because she was pieced apart by by Shevchenko. I don't think she has. I don't think she has I either. Think she has I either. don't think she. Yeah. So I would say Holly had the easiest oh, run through uh-huh. people. I thought I thought she had easy fights all the way through to Ronda. I mean, not that there's any easy fights, but everyone that says she could be the greatest of all time because of beating Ronda, and if she were to beat Cyborg, yeah, if she were to beat Cyborg. That's the hard part of the equation. So, but the shitty thing is, is that Holly will be known as the greatest of all time for beating Cyborg, but is Cyborg considered the greatest of all time? No, because it's, of the dirty, it's, yeah. It's, it's such a, like, weird dynamic in the division, uh, and it's only about to get dirtier. Whoa. <laughs> 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 um, so. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Dan Hooker versus Mark Dicassi is booked for the UFC. C219. One more time, the first name? Uh, Dan Hooker. I'll show you a picture. You'll know exactly. I know Hooker. Tall, gangly. He's, yeah, tall as fuck. Any other ones off the top of your head? Interesting off the top of my head with that. I think Hooker is going to be a huge underdog on that fight. And I think, and I've said it from the beginning. I think the Bone Crusher is a little overrated. And I know that's huge to say because everyone is hot on him. But, uh,. I think you have a good call on that, and there's money to be had on that fight because it's just Styles makes fight, and Hooker is a very imposing fighter as big as he is, and Dieski does give up already a little bit of size in the division against probably the biggest guy he's going to see in the division in Hooker, honestly. that's Hooker's going to have to move up and wait soon in his career as well. I'm so excited about 218. And I don't care about the main event at all. If the main event wasn't on the card, or 217, I'm sorry. If the main event wasn't on the card... I could give a shit. I think all four of the fights that are other on the main event or on the main card are mm-hmm. better than the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And that it's is not a selling. Night. And Joe, this is Joe Rogan's explanation. Like he's a doctor for it not selling. Well, GSP beat Johnny Hendricks four years ago. So that's pre like that's post Ronda or pre Ronda. Pre- it's been a long yeah, time. Long it's been a long time. time. Yep. I don't think there's too much else. We so, can probably roll into the fight card. Moving into the breakdown. Breakdown. What fight night is it? Breakdown. We have a fight night. 119 Sao Paulo, Brazil. You know where we're coming, Brach. We're going to bring the juice, Brach. <laughs> We're gonna bring Are the we pain. fighting in a high city in Brazil? I'll look it up. Um, I'm pretty sure it's at sea level blotch. Okay. We, got, <laughs> we got a 13 fight card that's going to probably turn into nine fight card by the end of the goddamn weekend because that's the way these cards have been going as of late. People falling out left and right. Um, Not too many debuts. We're going to have a lot of uh, a card that's going to shake up a lot of the divisions because we don't have an influx of fighters. This is going to be at the beachside. It is going to be main event. 
The numbers are not out on DraftKings, so you guys know there is no lines out right now. So we are just going to go with what we think they're going to tell you. And if it's super different, maybe you'll get a bonus show this week. Maybe not. The reason they call them bonus shows is because you don't always get them. Agreed. And if you remember... On YouTube, you can also subscribe and hit that little bell, and it'll send you a notification as soon as it goes on there. But uh, subscribe, and you're going to be able to be one of the people making these big money plays on our underdogs of the weekend. There's a couple on this card that I made five or four hundred percent this weekend back. Yeah, I definitely was in the profit as well. So if people are smart, they definitely start tagging along. So we're going to move from the bottom up, starting off the night with. A debuting Marcelo Glom versus Cristiano Colombo. And I just said that we didn't have many debuting fighters. This is the only debuting fighter of the night uh, in Glom. Colombo has been in the UFC for a few fights now, coming off of a loss a, against Luis Henrique in a submission 10 months ago. Colombo has been a fade since he got in, I thought he was already old at 37 when he came in, being uh, 34, 35. But he's a very plodding forward, 6'5", um, no head movement at all, very little gas tank, and known to be more of a submission fighter. He has an 80-inch reach against the debuting 6'4", 25-year-old Sao Paulo native. Um, we don't have the reach on this young man, but uh, I did happen to catch some fights on Gloman. He is all the bit of 25 years old. He still looks like he's growing into his body for heavyweight. He tends to weigh in at around that um, 240 range. He doesn't max out or even looks like he maxes out. But he's not that. Uh, he doesn't have that belly that Colombo has. He doesn't have that Dunlap. Gloam is definitely just athletic. So I think that's going to take him very far. This is going to be a really fun prospect. Has really good movement, Gloam. On the ground, educated. Good hips. Good gas tank. Again, the competition level that he's been fighting out of Brazil hasn't been the highest caliber. It hasn't been any caliber. Guys with zero, 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 zero ex records. Exactly. And him being only 5-0, and oh, um, this is definitely going to be the biggest test in his career. And it's a big step up, but I think Colombo's on his way out. Uh, Colombo, the biggest thing he has for him is, again, those submissions. And his, his last size, five fights. His size. Just a Golm's last five fights. Right. His opponents' combined fight total of the amount of fights they fought all together were five. Yeah. He's definitely fresh, fresh He's in green. the green. Very green. So this being the first fight of the night, we tend to like to stay, stay away from Stay away. The, staying away from these fights, but I am going to put Gloom on a few. I do think he has the power to finish Colombo's no-head movement in the first round. I think Colombo's on his way out. Even on the ground, I feel like I saw Gloom have enough submission defense that Colombo's not coming to anything too, too crazy. TKO round one for me, Gloom. Again, stay away on most cards. He's going to be spattered a little bit in there. I will not put either fighter on any card, and I'm going with Colombo decision. I just think that UFC caliber against, yeah, you might be able to knock out a whole bunch of dudes that are going to stand right in front of you that have never been in the octagon before. But this guy's been in front of the UFC lights. He's 37 years old. He has an 80-inch reach. Very few reaches are going to touch that. He's going to push him away, be out of gas. First fight of the night, Colombo decision. Ooh. I will not put it on anything. Splitting it up, splitting it up. 
starting off the night fun. So moving on to the next card, we have a 125-pound flyweight fight with Jared Brooks versus Division Alcantara. Um, Alcantara coming in with a 12-0 record. His last fight debuting against Beltran, Marco Antonio Beltran, who is more than likely out of the UFC himself. But he's coming off of the Brazilian jungle fight scene, also out of uh, Para, Brazil. Jared Brooks being 13-0. This is one of those O's gotta go's fight. And these both being undefeated fighters. Brooks coming out of Detroit, Michigan. Definitely coming in with a solid ground game wrestling being that with a high pace. Being 5'3", the height advantage is going to go to Alcantara with 2 inches at 5'5". And the reach is going to be a 1 inch difference going to Alcantara. So Jared Brooks losing on both of those battles. But... With these wrestlers, I think they really are good at getting underneath the shots and getting to those legs immediately. Jared Brooks also coming off of his debut split decision win over Eric Shelton. And I was very high on Shelton as a debut. I really like Shelton as a prospect in the division as well. Uh, Brooks coming off of a Pancrase career, uh, getting mixes of finishes, submissions, and TKOs in there. Uh, I think that the competition in the background is fairly the same. I think that both of these fighters, interestingly enough, are really getting put in uh, now when they both could have other fights that they could be winning because they both have I'm changing uh, young Nagolm. careers. I'm changing the goal right now. Oh, no. Because I think he can, if we were in Brazil, Brazilian fighter. Yeah. He can be the a juice is flowing. grill in there. But I don't think, I'm... Even if it goes to decision in Brazil, it could tend to go bad just because we are in Brazil, and that's going to play exactly. a factor in some of our Exactly, so I'm fights. changing to Golm. I am going to put, because uh, the Colombo, he doesn't have a gas tank yep. at all. Uh, so I'm going to put uh, second round knockout Golm. Dun, dun, dun. But I'm staying still away from that. Still, still sporadically only putting that on there. Do not overload that on your cards on DK. But either way, I was going to say... Back with Alcantara, sorry. Alcantara uh, versus Brooks, I think that wrestling is going to play a factor, and I think that Brooks can make this a decided one-sided wrestling match, and I feel like that's what it's going to happen. Brooks tends to put a pace on people, and Alcantara hasn't really felt that yet. In his debut win in the UFC against uh, Beltran, Beltran isn't the UFC caliber that Brooks is. Um, I think there's a split decision, if not heavy decision. I'm going to put Brooks in there maybe a little bit, not too, not too much on DK, just because I don't see the finish coming. And, I again, I'm seeing the split kind of coming in this way. How do you feel about this I got fight? Jared Brooks as well. I think it's going to be a little more decisive. We are in Brazil. It could be a robbery. That would be really shitty. I just think he has so much pressure right away. He does have uh, fast little hands, fast little hands, yep. so I think he's going to pepper him away. Both guys have a decent ground game, so we could see a lot of reversals in there. Um, but I also am not going to put Brooks on too many because we are in Brazil, and I feel Brooks' decision in my heart, but everything wants to say if it's close like the split you see, hometown going to win all day. Yeah, yeah, hometown yeah, yeah. going to win all day. Especially so, in Brazil. Um. When I'm looking at the X of the Brooks loss on my tapology, I'll always argue, well, it was in Brazil, and we both think you won that fight. <laughs> All so, right. But I got Brooks' decision. Preset uh, explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the next fight, we have a lightweight bat, 155 pounds, Hakran Diaz versus Jared Gordon. Uh, both of these fighters being veterans in the UFC, Gordon coming with a 13-1 record, only having, I believe, one fight in the UFC, and that was to 
Michelle Quinones, which was a TKO three months ago. Uh, Hakron Diaz being a potential contender for the belt for a little while, but has kind of uh, had a couple losses in a row to Andre Feely as of a year ago and Cub Swanson, which both of those are caliber fighters. Um, Hakron also has wins over Makashvili and Darren Elkins, the damage. Um, also only losing to Ricardo Lamas. So Hakron Diaz is really losing to high-level Feely iffy on there. Um, Diaz comes in with a heavy wrestling base. Even though he's a Brazilian fighter, he really has a wonderful double leg takedown. Very smooth, very fast, gets to the hips quickly. And Gordon has um, good hips. Coming out of New York, he's also somewhat of a wrestler. I think that the pace and experience goes to Diaz. And the variety of strikes, uh, Diaz does mix up a good uh, takedown to striking, even though Diaz doesn't have the power. Power is going to go to Gordon. Um, Diaz coming out of Novo now, being 33 years old, to the 29, Gordon, that is 5'9", the reach advantage is going to go to Diaz by an inch. Um, as I was saying before, I got Diaz in a decision, especially being a hometown guy coming out of Novo Uniao. Gordon is coming into enemy territory, and I just think that this is going to be kind of a boring fight. Maybe there's money to be made on Gordon on the TKO just because he does have the power of the two fighters. But I could just as much see Diaz also getting a submission. I got Diaz's decision. I'm going to stay away from this one as well. I think there's more money to be made later on in the night. What I don't do think, think Gordon has power for the knockout. Uh, technical knockout, that would have to be from ground and pound if I'm looking at his last fights, and I don't see him doing that to Hakran Diaz. Hakran Diaz has taken a lot of damage and been in there with bigger dogs that have, you know, with uh, a lot heavier pressure. Like yeah, I Cub agree. Diaz, like Feely, especially the Feely Cub. he saw. Cub, unreal amount of pressure. Hakran Diaz um, here, also at 33, also fighting in Brazil. We have no idea. As far as he could be on tons of juice as well. Yep. Especially out of that camp. It's going to be a decision. It's going to be a boring decision. I don't think there's going to be points to be made on either guy. I won't have Gordon on anything. I don't think Diaz is going to be overpriced. I think this is going to be a lot closer on DraftKings than it should if this, be. If this is like an 8-1-8-1, I got Diaz on DK on okay. that because he's going to have the takedown out of the two. He's if this is close, I think you put Diaz on everything. And... Uh, I, and I don't think that DraftKings is going to see the value in Diaz because of the double loss that he had. I don't think they were lucky that their odds makers, for some reason, still don't get it when it comes to UFC. That is something we're still lucky with the, UFC, the DraftKings. You and the fans listening. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on to the next fight, we have a welterweight bout at 170 pounds. We have Max Griffin versus Elizu Zaleski. Um, both of these fighters have also fought in the UFC before. Max Griffin coming out of California, being 31 years old, to Zaleski's 30 years old. The height advantage is going to go to Griffin, 6 foot, to the 5'11 Zaleski. And the reach advantage also going to Griffin by 3 inches, 76 to the 73 of Zaleski. Um... With Max Griffin, uh, he's definitely more of a striker. Like says, sprawl and brawl keeps fights standing. He's live by the sword, die by the sword type of a fighter. If he can't get you out of there, he will gas trying to throw very muscular strong shots. Not that he doesn't have the power. It's just that 
if you know what you're doing in there, you're going to take the shots for the first round and slowly turn the pressure on and keep turning it up and grind them out. And Zaleski is exactly that style of fighter. I think that this is a style makes fight. And it's a wrestler to a striker with good takedown defense. But I think Zaleski's wrestling and mixture of MMA is definitely able to. Zaleski coming in with a 17-5 and record, beating... Last, his debut against Liam Good, who was on all sorts of steroids. Um, that was a split decision, and I had Good all over everything. And I remember, and uh, he ended up just grinding through that bout, eating big shots, and adjusting very, very well. I really, really liked uh, what Zaleski's been doing in his career. He's already had four fights in the UFC. And he's been on a three-fight winning streak for a reason. His only loss is a split decision, a Dolby, and Dolby tends to do that to people. I got Zaleski's decision. If not, I'm thinking maybe a TKO round three just because I think Griffin's gas tank and his one-dimensionalness is it's only a matter of time until he starts losing more and more fights. This is going to be a barn burner, though. I feel like Griffin's going to be alive in that first round, and if Zaleski gets out of that first round, more and more the fight goes his way. Decision, Zaleski, what do you think goes on in this one? You said it all. I think you said it all. I think Zaleski KO around three purely because the gas tank fade on Griffin. And I don't think Griffin has seen the caliber that Zaleski is. He's a guy that's putting every piece of the game together as far as I'm concerned. And he has a really good defense. He eats good shots. Not really worried about him too much in this fight. And we're fighting in Brazil. We're fighting in his country. So I already think he's a good fighter. Now he could be a good fighter with a little bit of juice. Give me that. Give me that. Woo! I, I, I'm gonna put Zaleski on a lot of cards. I on do. The I'm thinking that as well. I might move him up to a finish eventually. Um, moving on to the next fight, we have Antonio Carlos Carlos Zapato versus Jack Marshman. Marshman's nickname being the Hammer. So this is a really interesting stylistic fight. Carlos Jr. being the hometown boy at 27 years old to the Marshman's also 27. The height advantage is going to go for Cara de Zapato with an inch at six foot one. Uh, to Marshman, six foot. And the reach is going to go to Cara de Zapato, 79 inches to 73. That is a six inch reach advantage for Shoeface. Um, we know what we're Gotta doing. Gotta get it in. <laughs> Gotta get it in. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're getting with Shoeface. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu master has actually faltered of only two times in the UFC. Because he tried to stay standing with Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly came in on that fight and really uh, showed how to cook a fighter. Shoeface has come off of a three-fight winning streak. And the nation made money on that fight because we got Dan Kelly. Kelly on all that. All that. Um, as of late, Shoeface has had a three-fight winning streak. And they've been against decent competition. Vinatori, who is also a young up-and-comer who who's fighting out of it's, Nope. He beat Vittori in a decision. And then, as of late, he beat Eric Spicely, who was supposed to be some submission guy as of four months ago. And then, prior to those two, he also beat uh, Leonardo Gutierrez, who I don't even know if he's in the UFC anymore. So, either way, uh, Marshman is 22-6. and six. He's had a few bouts in the UFC. Last win over Ryan James. He came into the UFC with a loss to Tiago Santos in a finish. Prior to that, he had ended up beating Magnus Siedenblad, who's also out of the UFC, in a TKO. I think there was a ton of hype because Marshman's been traditionally a kickboxer uh, who has had a 
long career in kickboxing prior to coming over to the UFC. People are saying that he's the new next coming. He's Darren Till-esque. Uh, his takedown defense isn't as there as most people think. Marshman has been put on the ground by multiple fighters. Uh, C. Ballin. I feel like Jane's even tended to get get him there a little bit. But I, I don't think Jane's is that caliber of a fighter as well. Thiago Santos showed us that he can still get picked apart with power. Um, Marshman does gas. And it's because even though he has okay takedown defense, Marshman only has takedown defense for the first round, round and a half. If somebody keeps pressure takedowns on Marshman, he folds just because it's not his style of fight. Carlos, uh, shoe face. The only unfortunate thing is with his jujitsu, he doesn't have that pressure takedown that a lot of wrestlers do. He has more of a jujitsu, I'll pull guard on you, which can be very dangerous because you can get hammer fisted. You can, there's just... By a guy called the hammer? Yeah, exactly. Uh All sorts of stuff can happen. Did you just say Jinx it? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's something to watch out for if you're definitely listening. Maybe you make a bet the other way. Um, I do think that this is, people are having it very lopsided for... Junior, and I think that this is more of a coin flip of a fight. I think this can go to a decision, and I got Junior in it. But I think Marshman's a live dog. I could see myself putting Marshman on a couple because the finish is there. On the ground, Junior has a finish. This is a scary fight. I'm definitely mixed. I'll be flipping and flopping until the week's over. But right now, I got Junior decision. It's not as it's not as far of a fight as people are thinking. What do you feel like goes on in this fight? I think it is as far as a fight as people are thinking. I think I call this the Brazil pacifier. This is what um, they give to Brazil to appease any lost Brazilian fighters have had tonight. They let their hometown hero pull up a submission, the style they like to see. So they give him a shill like Marshman. They throw him in there. I think Marshman gets eaten alive. I think submission round one or two. Carlos could be the most expensive fighter on DraftKings this week. Wow. Bold statements. Bold statements. We'll definitely have I won't to put them everywhere. I see everything. Sorry, I took a bite. I didn't plan on talking right there. <laughs> I see everything you're talking about and see that Marshman could be a live dog. I probably will have Marshman on one or two cards, and I'll put Carlos on like five to six. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I still also have Junior. Um, Yeah. I just say if people, Evil Twin specifically, is all over that. And I'm like, dude, that they, I wouldn't be so confident. Just because Junior's let us down, just do the fact of a grinding fight. But he has fixed that as of late. So moving on to the next fight, we have a welterweight bout in Nico Price versus Vincente Luque. Nico Price being 10-0 to Vincente Luque's 11-6. Luque had a good little winning streak together coming off of the show uh last loss being to leon edwards um nico price i believe had a fight that he lost to morono but it was popped on steroids or something six months ago nico and then nico price, price from leslie smith underdog pick fame also beating as of late alan joban if you also were on that you made money i think he was like a Two, two, minus 200 somewhere in that range. But Nico Price, sneaky up and cover. This is actually a very interesting fight for me. I feel like this is my fight of the night. This is what I'm I most agree with you. Interesting fight. Because if you've been listening to us at all, Vincente Luque is somebody to watch out for. The only thing that I really don't like as of late of Vincente is we saw his worst showing as of late. And it was a bad fucking showing. 
He was horribly gassed and out of shape. It wasn't that short a notice of a fight, but I got to watch out for Luke at weigh-ins to see what he ends up looking like. Price has been the most more consistent fighter as of late, um, so it's going to sway me a little bit more there. Nico Price coming in out of Florida. Price also being the taller fighter at six foot to Lucas five foot ten. The reach is the same though with a 76 inch reach. Luke coming out of Black House, which I think is now Combat Club, which Usman and all of Black those Zillions. monsters, all of them are coming. But it's not Black Zillions anymore. I mean, sorry, not Black House. Uh, Black Zillions. It's now I think Combat Club and the Armory is what they both split into. So Correct. I think Luke is with Usman and all those guys. Again, hopefully, if Luke comes in in shape, this is going to be a hell of a dogfight. Uh, Nico Price always comes to play. Nico Price's ground game is where he thrives, but Luke is also a monster on the ground. The striking, though, the advantage I give to Luke if his gas tank's there. Luke has a much crisper, more powerful, more uh, beat you in a sprint. He gets his shots out of the pocket faster and cleaner and tends to cover better with a gas tank if luke does not have this gas tank nico price is the type of fighter to drag it into the third round with more of a just i'll eat your shots and keep coming and eventually i'll get you on the ground and submit you luke being nasty on the ground himself that submission option might not be there so i think this is battling both ways nico price is walking uphill both ways on this one this is a tough fight I think this is a 50-50 coin flip of a fight. I could see either fighter getting it, but I had Price as of this morning, and I'm switching it to Luke. I am giving the striking just the ever so more, and I think the the submission and ground game neutralizes itself, so that's where the advantage goes. Given Luke decision, if not, I can see myself even saying uh, TKO round one if Luke is in shape. What do you think goes on? In <sighs> I had Luke... And now I have Price. Hey, this is a 50-50 fight. I flip back. I really think the odds makers that are the odds that I'm looking at right now are kind of correct here. I really like Vincent Luque. He's one of my favorite fighters. I think he was found out by Leon Edwards in his last fight. He looked tired. He looked pale. He looked drab. Yep. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he was fighting off something. Maybe he shouldn't have followed through with the fight. I love Usman so much, and I think Vincente Luque is fighting with Usman. He's got to be warming up with him every day, training with him, everything. It makes me super high on him. But when I look back at Vincent Luque's career and what he's done and who he's beat, his best win is against Remember the Name Muhammad, and I really like Bilal, but meh, you know. Uh, Nico Price, he's on a mad tear right now. I have to think he has all the momentum on his side. He, the reason this fight's so interesting is both guys are contenders. Both guys are guys that we're going to watch in the next four years here Agreed. battle for this belt at the 170 division. It's such it. The 172 is becoming the most dangerous division in the dog UFC. Fight. Dog, dog fight. I always thought it was the 155, but it is really the 170, then the men's 155, then the women's 115. I used to not even put the men's 170 on They there. constantly move. It, it all depends on the talent, but... Uh... It is not an easy weight class so at all for right now. I I did have price KO round or I had Luke, then I had price KO round three, but I'm moving up to price KO round two, and for some reason I feel like that last fight with Luke, and it's almost the most dangerous find out 
in fighting, and I think Cowboy suffers from it, Matt Brown suffers from it, and I think Vincent Luque suffers from it, soft body. And I think that's why he lost the last fight, and Nico Price will totally manipulate, he, he will use that to exploit his, that. Exploit He's that. a smart fighter, definitely. He's a smart fighter, and he also takes a ton of body shots, a ton of great punches. He has a good stand-up game. They both have an okay ground, which I think is going to neutralize each other and that they don't even go there. I think this is going to be one hell of a fight. I got Price KO round two. I might put both fighters on separate cards. I agree with that. And not 100%. to cover my bases, but I will have Nico Price on more. And it's funny because at the I thought Luke was going to be our Leslie Smith underdog pick. I yeah, really thought he is it, a, but yeah. I can't. I the last fight was so scary. It was such a different he guy. Looked he, so, he looked like he had the flu. Yeah, he had never looked that bad. So this is going to be a weigh-ins on me because again. Oh, it's just that his, his last showing was really, really, really bad. But the but he lines has everything he that needs they're showing right now fight. should not be as far apart. Nico Price is such a heavy favorite. That's it's, what I don't agree with. I 100%. could so sway There's just by flip. cost. This is a coin flip. The wager gauger could be in play here depending on Lucas Price because it's too. that's too big of a gap. This is way closer of a fight than people think. That last showing, your, your last fight, and uh, definitely... Oh my goodness. We're moving on to the main card, I'm assuming. Moving on the main card. And to one of our favorite fighters here at Lesbo and the Bean. I think two of our favorite fighters. We have John Lineker at Bantamweight versus Marlon Chito Vera. One of our other. We have three Leslie Dog under. Former former Leslie Smith underdog picks. How many? Three or four? Three or four we've already had on this card that we've blatantly picked and they've cashed for us at plus money. Yeah, and they're some of them are fighting each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true, and that's it is a this is a sneaky good card. So this is a hell of a fun fight. This is a fan favorite. Do I even need to explain either of these guys' stats? We got the gnome versus the Cheeto Bandit. Um, coming in Cheeto Vera with a twelve and three record off of the Latin America show. Uh, having some heavy-duty wins as of late on a three-fight winning streak. Uh, last loss to Davy Grant in a decision, but since then, beating uh, Gao Nguyen, then Brad Pickett in a TKO in a fight he was losing, then beating Kelleher in a submission armbar two months ago. We picked Vera twice against Brad Pickett, and we beat it, and we pick him against Kelleher, and he made it. He cashed us both on that with Vera. In this fight, he's fighting John Lineker, who's coming in on a 29-8 record, coming off of a loss against TJ Dillashaw in a unanimous decision that I believe went five rounds. Um, then prior to that, Lineker beat John Dodson, and prior to that, Michael McDonald in a TKO. We know what we're getting with John Lineker. This is a troll that moves forward and throws body and headshots intermittently. He doesn't stick to just one, which is... Sneaky. A lot of people think that John Lineker is a headhunter and he just swings for the head, and it's very not true. Look at John Lineker's style. He'll throw one body, one to the head, and he'll mix it back and forth, and that's what opens up his knockout shots is because people eventually stop hitting those shots. Vera's a little soft in the body. I really like John Lineker's lead body shot to an overhand right. He throws it well. We know that he can take any kick or he can have a fire hydrant hit him. And John Lineker will not go down. He's eaten some of the biggest shots I've ever seen in my life. I don't think Chito Vera has the power to put him down. 
any day of the week. I mean, John Lineker can be asleep in bed. Vera can come over, kick him in the face, and Lineker will wake up, brush his teeth, and be like, what, you hit me? Like, <laughs> Lineker is unbelievable in that sense. Eventually, that's going to go, but I don't think Vera's going to get him there. With the ground game, we know what John Lineker brings as well. Black belt, both of these gentlemen being black belts. But Lineker has that more just stifling style, and he's just a little fire hydrant of limbs. Again, Vera... His only shot to me is the submission ability, and I don't think that happens with the style of Lineker. I think that, unfortunately for Vera, this is one of the few times I'm going to have to bet against him. I've been on the Vera wagon, but a fight's a fight, and I think Lineker is overmatching him with a pace, power, and just overall skill and all the way around. How do you feel this one goes down? I got to stay with my boy Cheeto on this. John Lineker does come forward. He doesn't just head hunt. He does do body shots. And But that being said, he has minimal head movement, minimal body movement, minimal anything movement. Cheeto catch you with a kick. Cheeto might catch you with a kick. John might not go down, but Cheeto doesn't need him to go down. He just needs them to be that Stun much him. slower. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Lineker has been choked out before, and he's going to get choked out again in Brazil by Cheeto Vera. And what a perfect kid to build a Brazilian fan base. And it's Cheeto. He's easy to love. He's great on the mic. I hope he does a really smart call out on his next fight. You know what? I hope Cheeto wins this, and I hope he calls out DJ. And if he calls out DJ after this fight, he can get that fight. Because who else? Who else is DJ? DJ just wants to stay at one... Oh, it's 135. Yep. Darn it, Ma. <laughs> it's just because didn't Lineker fight work. DJ a little bit ago? Yeah, and it, that's one thing that we used to have to always say with Lineker is, hey, he might not show up. He might miss weight. I do think that he's had a scare, though, at 35. Even though he's already moved up in weight, I do think he's been, like, close. I just so. really like Cheeto. I like how much height he's going to have on this. Yeah. Or I think we could see that style of forward where we're facing each other and I come up and uh, I think it's uh, El Kakui does it. Is uh -huh. it a guillotine? Or oh, no, it's not Darce? that. Yeah, where I come across, um, you're, like I almost push you down. Uh -huh. So now, and then I take you into a choke. Yeah, it's you can use it by either snapping it down initially. Uh, yeah, it's a snap or, down, and then you can use it into a Darce or all sorts of I could of even stuff. see that going, but I see Vera uh, Cheeto getting it, and I could even see it happening in round two. Sneaky, quick, and like, what just happened? Wow. It looked like he just ate a punch, and now he got armbarred. I'm going to have huge underdog. Marlon Vieira. I know it's say, enormous. It's his biggest fight. Both young guys. This could be the fight of the night. This could be the fight of the night because Chito Vera is a dog. He's not going to give up at any time. He never has in any of his fights. So that's why we I really like him. I just love that kid. I'm going to stay with him. I'm going with oh, heart on man. this one, you guys. I'm going to put Cheeto on some thanks. Put Cheeto on some things. But a smart play is it's going to take Cheeto a little bit to do that any way you cut it. So whether you believe me or not, and I'm just, I think Lineker is going to be well over nine, probably like nine, three, nine, four. On and DJ, yeah. he does throw a lot of punches, but he doesn't throw a lot like KK or like DJ. He doesn't throw a lot like that. He doesn't rabbit punch. I don't think he's going to finish Cheeto, Cheeto. With the throwing a lot, though, I do think Cheeto does get rocked in a lot of his fights. And, I agree with you. Man. And that's where it's bad with this type of power that Lineker has because it's going to really over-exaggerate that. Um, with that fight, though... I don't think Lineker has that same power at 135 that we saw at 125. We'll see. The fight, though, if you go with Chito and Lesbo here, you're getting plus 380 for Chito Vera. 
you're making bank. You're cashing big money. I got Lineker, who's a minus 405, and I feel like it shouldn't be that high. It should be more like a two-to-one favorite, but I do think Lineker, for me, solid. This is a mixed-up night. We're going back and forth. Back and forth. Moving on to the next fight, we have Tiago Santos versus Jack Hermanson. This is two young veterans in the sport now. Hermanson coming in with a 16-3 record fighting out of Norway. His loss as of late being a triangle choke to Cesar Friera, but since then has come off of a two-fight winning streak to Brad Scott and also beating, um, who was it, Nicholson as well, Alec Nicholson. Then we have Tiago Santos, 33 years old, to the third, 29, Jack Hermanson. Santos coming in off a two-fight winning streak as well, being 15-5. His last two losses being the UFC, Eric Spicely, when he was like a 5-1 to one favorite, Tiago Santos. Prior to that, Gegard Mousasi due to TKO, which is understandable. Tiago Santos, big prospect. If you can call a prospect a prospect at 33, I feel like we have a finished product in Santos. Also notorious for having one of the worst tattoos in the UFC. Can you think of it off the top of your head? Is it a picture of a golden retriever? Oh, wait, that's cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it's a hammer in the middle of his chest. That is like in the middle of between of his pecs. Uh, He didn't used to have that. That's a recent addition. A bad addition. I would agree 100% with that. Um, Which is baby Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's kind of what I see it as well. But we have Santos also being the shorter fighter at six foot. The reach advantage, though, going to Santos with an inch reach advantage. So, interesting. Santos has got some a little bit of length in those arms. Right now, the favorite is Hermanson. And I think that the betters are coming in on him due to the fact that he's a more well-rounded fighter. As we're saying with the 33-year-old Santos, we know that he's a Muay Thai striker with okay takedown defense. Not the best. Well, Santos is a heavy favorite on topology. Heavy favorite. 72% to 28%. Santos. Oh, whoa, I had it backwards. I was looking at something else. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So Santos is being a heavy favorite. Whoa, what am I looking at? Why am I backwards? Okay, so Hermanson is the underdog on tap right now. Santos being the favorite. Everyone thinks it's going to be that kickboxing, grappling. He just has a lot of power, Thiago Santos. Ton of power in his kicks. He can hit those left kicks through the body and the head. In the third round, the thing is with Santos, he gasses heavily. Every single one of his fights, even if he's winning, it's a fight that he definitely is breathing hard by the end of it. And Hermanson, to me, is a better all-around fighter. Hermanson, on the feet as of late, has looked very elusive, even though his competition hasn't been the highest caliber. Um, Hermanson, all the way around... If it goes to the ground, he can submit him where Santos isn't going to submit. And if anything, if it goes to the ground, that's where Santos is most in danger of being finished, I think. I think striking, this would this is going to turn into a kickboxing match. The flash knockout, to me, comes to Santos more. Um, the actual favorite on the betting lines right now is minus 140 for Hermanson. So, tap all hat. All of Tapology has, most of Tapology has Santos, but everybody else on the betting lines is coming in Hermanson. Also, a very split decision fight. Um, I talked myself into Hermanson. I think Hermanson is a better all around fighter. I know what we're getting with Santos, a lot of power with okay takedown defense. I think that gets exploited. I like Hermanson's takedowns. 
well around all the way around game. Decision Hermanson. This could be a bad, bad call by me. What do you think this ha- what happens? I have Hermanson time? KO round one. Ooh. I think Thiago Santos has a glass chin, and the last two wins to me were not impressive at all. So as far as I'm concerned, his last real win was Nate Marquardt a year, over like about a year and a half ago. And Nate Marquardt, who is Nate Marquardt in the UFC anymore? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, he's not. Yeah. I, Thiago Santos is someone they keep around for the fans of Brazil to put asses in the seat. I think Hermanson's a guy that's on the way up. I like the nickname The Joker. I'm looking forward to watching him fight. I like the part of the world he's from right now as far as fighting's concerned. Um, I think they're sending out a lot of beasts. I see him clipping that Chion and knocking Thiago out. I will have Jack Hermanson on a whole bunch of my DraftKings cards. Ooh. So... I think I go submission just because I think that I'm going to switch it from decision. I got Hermanson submission round two or three because I think he clips him, but then he jumps on his back and submits him, and that's where you're going to finish Santos. Interesting. Unfortunately, not an underdog right now on the line. I think it's crazy. I thought we were gonna. I thought that was going to be our Leslie Smith. That's what I thought as well because <laughs> the tap and tap's usually on it, but uh, interesting and. Yeah, I see Hermanson having more avenues there, and so that's the educated guess right now. Moving on to the next fight, we have a lightweight bout at 155 pounds. Jim Miller versus Francisco Trinaldo. Jim Miller coming off of a two-fight losing streak, being 28-10. and 10. The 34-year-old fighter is fighting the 39-year-old lightweight. Francisco Trinaldo coming off of one fight losing streak to uh, Kevin Lee. Prior to that, Trinaldo had a 7-8 fight winning streak with ton of knockouts we know what we're getting with Trinaldo at 39 we know what we're getting with Jim Miller at 34 Jim Miller is a longtime veteran Trinaldo's up there as well Miller though as of late has had a really rough showing he's show you've seen the miles that he's put in there because he's been putting him in for a long time and I think there's a car going over 2000 I it's just he's holding on every other fight and as of late he hasn't even been holding on that much that decision Taporier was a dogfight. Um, Tapetis was also a dogfight. Miller always gets in these brutal, brutal, brutal fights. Trinaldo has a stifling jiu-jitsu game. He's not going to be submitting you. But what everybody says with Francisco Trinaldo is that dude is so incredibly strong. He hits like a bag of bricks. He looks like a chimp. I don't mean that racistly. I mean, he literally looks like a chimp. And <laughs> he will rip your fit. Like, I feel like he, if it was allowed, he would grab your jaw, your mouth open, and rip your jaw off of your mouth. That's the type of fighter he looks like to me. In all the best ways, I think, actually, Trinaldo gets a TKO round one. Massive power. Jim Miller likes to keep it standing. I think as the fight goes on, Jim Miller's more likely to win in a decision, if not submission later in the rounds. But... As I'm saying, I don't like what I've been seeing of Jim Miller as of late. I think he's a, a fade all day. I have Trinaldo, even though he should be fading, but we're in Brazil. What are these betting lines right now on Trinaldo Miller? Um, Trinaldo also being out of Brazil, though, that juice may be flowing. The juice is loose. And so this is a fighter who knows how to fight on the juice. Trinaldo being the minus 165 favorite to the plus Jeez, 145 Jim Miller. These betting guys are smart this week. I know, because I would have had Santos. I, th- I would have thought Santos was the underdog here. I would have really thought. That. I didn't. I thought I thought Santos would be the heavy favorite. Interesting, interesting, interesting. He is the favorite, isn't he? Yeah, no, mo- the- minus one sixty five for Santos. 
he's a favorite. Yeah. So but not but heavy, heavy. Almost two to one, though. Almost two to one to Jim Miller. Jim Miller hasn't been that oh, big of an underdog to Santos. Many. Who's the favorite? Santos or Hermeson? Uh, Hermeson is also the favorite. Yeah, I would have thought Santos would have been favorited and Hermeson oh. would have been the underdog. Oh, Trinaldo is the other guy I'm thinking of. Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. Trinaldo is the, is the favorite at minus 165 as well. Okay. Well, I know they're too smart this week. I yeah. think Trinaldo ground and pound finish round two. I think he's too strong and too much. And Jim Filler, Miller really hasn't had a decisive win in years. Everything goes to split with Jim Miller. I think he's a grinding guy. I think he always puts in for an exciting fight. But Jim Miller also gets uh, very hurt in fights. And you can't have a big beast like Trinaldo on top of you as quick as he's going to be with those heavy elbows, heavy hammer fists, heavy ground and pound. Jim Miller's going to get hurt. And if he doesn't finish the fight, Trinaldo, Jim Miller's going to be bloody enough that if it goes to decision, we in hometown. I think Trinaldo's a safe bet to put all over your cards. And I see a ground and pound finish in round two. So if you see him finish in round one, yeah, Trinaldo. I, I, we got, I got Trinaldo everywhere, all day, every day. Yeah, that's one of those guys that doesn't matter what his price is, he's going to be on a lot of my cards. It's And it's more the fate on Jim Miller, unfortunately. But again, we've watched those miles accumulate for Jim Miller, and they haven't been pretty miles. But that also, the, the fact that we're even, this is the third time I'm saying it, this could potentially be the fight of the night. Again, this is a sneaky card. I agree Sneaky, with you. sneaky card. There's definitely still some great matchups move, moving on. Moving on to the next fight, we have a bantamweight bout, 135 pounds. Rob Font versus Pedro Munoz. Uh, Rob Font having three fights in the UFC with a 14-2 record. His only loss in the UFC being to John Lineker in a decision. Uh, Pedro Munoz only having his debut in the UFC. I believe um, he popped earlier in his career, but he lost a split decision to Jimmy Rivera. He's a 14-2 fighter. Uh, then he's come off of a three-fight winning streak since then, beating people like uh, Russell Doan, Justin Scoggins, and Stasiak as of late. Rob Ford, Rob Font beating um, Matt Schnell and Douglas DeAndrage via submission three months ago. Both of these fighters fought Pedro four months ago, so not too long ago. Um, Font being the younger fighter at 30 years old to, to the 31 Black House, Pedro Munoz. Um, Font also is going to have a six-inch reach advantage. To Pedro Munoz, Munoz having a 65-inch reach to 71.5 inches for Rob Font. Rob Font only being an inch taller than Pedro Munoz. So I think there's a bit of both worlds where Pedro Munoz might have a little bit lacking and Font might have a little bit extra length. So it, may, it makes that discrepancy so big. Font likes to come in and strike. He has a diverse ground game, but has been able to keep people on the end of his punches. The knockout he has over Schnell, I don't think is that telling because Schnell's defense isn't the best. The fight that really told me a lot for Font was that Lineker fight. I actually had Font in that because I really liked what Font was doing prior to that, getting finishes over Joey Gomez and also over George Roop. Um, Rob Font really knows how to put you at the end of his punch and maximize the amount of power on his punches. And if there's something to be said in his fight is that he can get worn on by a good wrestler 
and he can get slowed down because he does have flashy techniques. He is a bit skinny and gangly for the division, where that Pedro Munoz tends to have a little bit more muscle. I think that Font um, is still at 30. He just doesn't it doesn't pack a lot of muscle on there. Pedro Munoz is coming in with a heavy wrestling game. He's coming out of Black House. Good all the way around. Good power. Good gas tank. Diverse in striking. Though I am going to give the striking advantage to Font. I do think that the pace really uh, benefits Munoz. This is a really back and forth fight. I flipped a coin multiple times today on this fight. I had Font in the morning. I have Munoz. Now, decision. I think that Munoz can get... Two, three takedowns and ride him out. Font can get stuck on his back. He's not super dangerous off the ground, and I think that that's where he can get exploited. But if this stays up, Font can finish his fight. And I think the finish is there for Font more than the finish would be there for Munoz. But I do think the grind gets him. I got Munoz in this, and I think he might be a bit of an underdog. How do you feel this one goes down? I have font decision on this right now. It's not a fight I'm excited about either way. I just don't see it being a high-scoring fight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think to the uneducated fan, it might be the most boring fight of the night. I think I it, could it, there that. could be a lot of really small reversals or weight changes that we don't even notice on the camera with the views that we have that – um, if it ends up on the ground at all, I do think Font has enough defensively to not get submitted. That being said, I think Munoz is good enough to not be submitted himself. Exactly. So that both fighters are going to be standing fighting, which is not either of their strong suits. Font is better on the end of his punches, like you said, which really sway me to that. I think it's going to be forced for both fighters to stand up and blow. And the only way we're really going to see it go to... Uh, some sort of submission is going to be if a guy gets hurt, which I can only see Font hurting Munoz a little bit and then having such a long reach and such a long body that he can catch him in some sneaky choke or uh, arm bar or something of that nature. So the only finish I can see really is for Font. But um, I'm probably going to stay away from this fight. I, I would agree with that. Either way, I don't think that this is going to be a high producer. Unless you, I could see Fawn on a couple just because if there was value on DK, it would be for that. Where we're both saying Munoz, if he finishes, it's going to be a decision. Yeah. So I think that's the better play is just kind of play Munoz in a decision. And if there's a play on DK, probably be that Munoz. But I think I it's going to Munoz play. all day. I have Fawn decision. I don't. I wouldn't put Munoz anywhere in my eyes. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. I think that that's going to be a close, close fight. There's other way to make money. Moving on to the co-main event. Which should be the main event of the night. Is this a people's main event? This is the Lesbo and the Bean main event of the night. In the co-main event, we have Damian Maya at 170 pounds versus Colby Covington. These welterweights are coming with a 12-1 record for Covington, only losing to Warley Alves in a submission a year ago, coming off of a four-fight winning streak, beating... Um, Max Griffin, who's on the earlier card. Also, Brian Barbarina, who's a notorious grinder. And Young Kyung Kim in a decision as of late. Damian Maya being 25-7, and seven, a longtime veteran in the UFC. He's been a former title contender at 185 pounds. He's now at the 170 division. I believe Damian Maya even fought like at 205 at a point in time. A tr specialist at its finest. You see in Damian Maya's ground game. If you've been following us here at Latby, you know what you're getting with Damian Maya. He 
immediately goes for the takedown and tries to go for that submission, puts three points of contact. If you haven't seen BJJ Scout, watch it. It'll show you exactly what the game plan for Damian Maya is. And Maya coming off of a five-round decision in one of the worst fights of the year supposedly against Tyron T. Wood as of two months ago, not a lot of damage was accumulated on Maya. So I don't expect that turnaround that Cerrone just had uh, be as big of a deal for Maya here because there was a really lot of nothing that went on that entire fight. But if there's a game plan to be had against Damian Maya, Tyron Woodley just showed it. Stay away from the ground. Pick him apart. Colby Covington is smart enough. He's a part of that American top team, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, he's a guy who's been taking Jorge over to the Pacific Northwest and wrestling with him. We know that that American wrestling, which tends to be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in our eyes, uh, tends to work. But the gap in ability, Kobe Covington to Damian Maya is vast. And the experience that... Damian Maya brings to the table is like nothing that Kobe Covington has seen. Even though Kobe Covington is on a good win streak against good fighters, not one of them has been Damian Maya caliber. And that really does uh, frighten me a bit. But I think the ace in the hole is, again, Kobe Covington's right-hand man right now is Gamebred himself. And Gamebred has been saying it for a while. Kobe picks it up. He's listening. I really don't like Kobe's change in his... Last trying to be flashier and talking a big game and being this poet and like... I think he's been a tool. I've even retweeted hashtag tool I some agree. of the stuff he said because I think he's an asshole on Twitter. I think he is a bit of a douchebag and he wasn't because he used to have that wrestling mindset. But I feel like Colby has realized because of Jorge like, hey... Because if, of Connor. Right. That if you talk shit, good or bad, you're making more money. And unfortunately for him, it's bad shit talk. And... Hopefully his fighting could just do the talking, but apparently he needs to make it with his mouth as well. With that, Colby Covington would murder me any day of the week. Hardcore wrestler. And with Jorge Masvidal, the sneaky thing that could happen with Damian Maya is you might not get submitted Colby Covington, but guess what? You're not going to win a decision because you're going to have a backpack on the entire time. But that ace in the hole with Masvidal, I think that they come with a game plan of how to be Damian Maya. And I have Colby Covington Winning a split controversial in Brazil decision. I think he has a takedown ability defense to keep it standing. And he can pick Maya apart just enough that even the refs won't give it to him. I think this is going to get booze all day long. I think this is a very low scoring fight. But I do think uh, Covington runs away with a decision. I could though on DK. If Maya isn't too expensive, I would put him on a couple cards. But right now, my flat-out pick is Kobe Covington's decision. Wow. I have Maya's submission round one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Colby's as good. If Colby were to fight Gamebred tomorrow, I got Gamebred winning that fight. I don't think Colby's skills are anywhere near as good as Jorge's. Um, with in, so I just see the best Colby has to offer is the exact same fight we just saw Jorge fight, and that's just wearing Maya as a book bag. I don't think Colby's nearly as good as T. Woods as far as going to be able to keep the distance and cut off Maya. The other thing, I don't think Colby's as strong as T. Woods. I don't think he has the wrestling background like T. Woods or the defense. So I got to give this to Maya all day. I think this is a pinted up fight for Maya. A bubble constrictor got to eat, and it's been a while. Ooh. So I think, uh, yeah, he didn't get to finish Jorge. He yep. just 
you know, rode on his back for a whole fight, and then he went in against a five-round fight against uh, the champ, on, the short champ on short notice, but still had the experience of that fight. I just don't put Colby anywhere near the caliber of those last two fighters, and like you were saying before, Damian Maya's huge. I think he's bigger and stronger than anyone could possibly think. Um Mm, I just see him getting finished, and I think it's a bummer. I think he talked himself, and I think he uh, cat, uh, wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash. Jumped the shark. Yeah, he should have gone, you know, there's it's a lot a more interesting fights for up. him. But I think with Colby Covington in his career, though, a loss to Damian Maya on the ground is kind of like, oh, yeah, we expected that. So all he, he only gains from this fight. Colby doesn't lose. If he I, wins, I agree. If he wins, it's even better for his career. But I don't think that a loss to Damian Maya on the ground. But I think that, again, woo, woo, I'm like a Maya underdog all of a sudden. I think Colby. I see a Maya finish and I see a Maya retirement. And home, in Brazil. I, that's but the a only great reason call. this fight is here. The only reason this fight's happening is so Maya can retire in Brazil, is my prediction. I say the retirement still happens, but I say Colby wins his fight. Woo! Colby's not going to be to me. I just the way UFC, all these fighters go in <laughs> and Col- Colby's the guy to change beat Maya. Colby, Colby, change my mind. Colby's the guy I to beat Col- Maya. Yes, I see uppercuts, knees, and I see him using double collar ties to completely stop Maya's takedown. Exactly what T Wood was doing. Uh, I think that that's exactly what you get. And I, and I'm even thinking the finish is gonna come for Colby now, just because. He is a Kobe's a huge one seventy. Worley Alves versus Maya, who wins? Maya, but Worley has a worse gas tank by far, by far, by far. But Worley Masvidal versus Colby Covington, who wins? Oh, I got Masvidal in that too. Um, T Woods, T Woods versus Colby Covington, who wins? T Wood. Carlos Condit versus Colby Covington, who wins? Colby Covington. There, okay. I agree with that one. Okay. I agree with that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I agree. I think Colby Covington can beat Matt Brown. Uh, yep. And I think actually a better fight would have been Colby Covington Gunnar Nelson. That would yeah. have been a better fight yeah. for my boy yeah, Colby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bigger step up in competition. And I like Colby as much as he's. I think he's a chode on Twitter, and I just think he's looking to try to be that heel. But I almost think he owns it in that troll kind of way, where it kind of is making me like him more just as a personality. <sighs> I gotta go with Maya submission round one, maybe round two, maybe round two. But I think them legs get tired from wearing that book bag the whole night. Moving on. To the main event. But if you listen to the B on this card, you got money to be made. That would be money to be made. a lot of underdogs. I feel like I do have a bunch of underdogs. That's scary. That's usually mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the sharp on the podcast? <laughs> I <know. laughs> yeah, I agree. There is some. I don't think we have a Leslie dog. No. Every but, time I think it's about to be one, we were like, nope, we disagree. But we, uh, this is a thing that we've said before. If one doesn't if come up, there isn't one. There, there isn't, isn't one. one. But it doesn't mean there won't be one by weigh-ins, and there could be one for a bonus episode. We have no idea what's going to happen. Agreed. And stick on our Twitter. If not, remember... To subscribe on all of those. Yeah, go to lesbointhebean.com and you can find your feed and like it and find all that stuff right there. There's a big yellow button that says click here. And then remember to subscribe whatever platform it is so you can be up to date. On the main event, we have... Main event of the night! 
185 pound bout at middleweight Lyoto Dragon Machida versus Derek Brunson. Um, Machida coming in with a 20 and 7 record, being a former light heavyweight belt, uh, a perennial contender, coming in with that karate style against Derek Brunson, who is 17 and 5, coming off of a win as of late to Daniel Kelly. Um, prior to that, losing to Anderson Silva in a decision which was a robbery, absolute robbery. And then prior to that, losing a TKO to Whitaker and head kicks where he had Whitaker all sorts of hurt. Do you think that scares me with Brunson in any one of his fights is he runs face forward like he's on roller skates. All of a sudden you pictured him like, oh, because we've talked like about it. a Scooby-Doo in a cartoon. Yeah, he's running, running and with a veteran... You know like, what Colby Covington is? If we had another name for something uh-huh. that... Maybe not a Leslie Dog under a Leslie Smith underdog pick, but I think a new name for it, what Colby Covington would be on this night, would be a live wire. He's a live wire. Yeah, he He's has a, a live real wire. shot. He has a real shot. He's going to be the guy that makes you first place. Right. If you want right, to take right, home right. all the dollars, it's a Colby Covington win and you have him on your card. So that's a live wire. Beyond it, people. Okay, back to the Brunson. So back Machita. Machita being 38 years old to Brunson's 33. Machita also having a four-inch reach disadvantage to the 78 for Brunson, 74 for the Black House fighter in Machita. Brunson's coming out of Jackson Winklejohn as well. Um, to me, this is a coin flip of a fight. I definitely have been more of the Brunson bandwagoner, and at 39 years old with Machita, uh, he hasn't had his best days as of late coming off of a two fight losing streak to Rockhold and Yoel Romero TKO uh, his last win Machida's last win is to Colby or is the CB Dalloway where he was hurt and threw a last Stitch shot effort. To, yeah to key and he knocked out uh CB prior to that he lost a decision to Weidman I mean Machida's fighting the top echelon of the 185 pound division so these losses aren't really that bad and he hasn't been completely blown out of the water in any one of these the Romero was pretty one-sided of about but I think Machida's fading this is all due to weigh-ins where I could be swayed to Machida because Machida is a counter fighter who does sit on his punch as well and has sneaky rhythms where he comes in and out Derek Brunson has sneaky rhythms but it's forward fast chin up for a Machida type of fighter, that's very, very scary. And power's the last thing to go. Machida can always line that knockout chop. Brunson isn't, he doesn't have an amazing chin. He's been finished before. Um, I, I like Derek Brunson in this. I think that just the wear and tear on Machida's illustrious long career at the top division is really worn on him more. Brunson's on his way up. Brunson has a, just a bit more left in the gas tank. He can eat a few of those hard shots and keep going even with bad form. Where Machida, I don't think, has that. I think a, a random punch, even if it's shitty from Brunson, which it probably will be shitty, will still have enough to knock him out just because it's just a faded fight. I think that this is for the local people and they're expecting Machida to win, but I don't know if it happens. I got Brunson TKO round two, but this is a really Who's the favorites on this? This is a 50-50 fight for me. I ha- and the favorite right now on the betting lines is Derek Brunson minus 175 to Leota Machida's plus 
155. Gosh, tight nights tonight. Tight I know. nights. I know, and, I know. And, so I got the favorite here uh, with Brunson. I got the favorite as well. KO round one. I actually, looking back through Brunson's fights, his last five fights, he's knocked out every single guy. Did he win all five fights? No. But Robert Whitaker was knocked out before the ice hit the floor of the rink and Derek Brunson started slipping everywhere. Right. Robert Whitaker was knocked out on his he feet at him. one point in that fight. And Anderson Silva was so badly hurt in that fight. Yeah, there was no way Silva won no two of those rounds. No way at all. It was So uh, I got Brunson KO round one. I think we could see something that we've never seen before. Some weird finish. Mm-mm. I think we could see a double retirement. And I think poor... Um, you think Brunson's going to retire too? No. I th- oh, Machida. <laughs> <laughs> I think Damian Maya's going to retire. And then Leota Machida, there's going to be no one left in the stadium to care. So we got a double R. I was thinking of a way to make it a double D, and so I'm going to call it a double deployment. They're both going off to, they're probably both going to Florida. Both both coming down to Florida here and retiring. So they're going to do a double duty on the So right now, no Leslie Smith underdog pick. We do have a live wire in Kobe Covington. I think um, there's a couple live wires though. I don't think there's only. I think there could be a couple what strains. What a weird night of fight. Because there's a couple in there that. Um, everything, have a shot. everything, everything. This is all I'm gonna say about it. If you are on the fence about any fighter to pick, just fall on the side of Brazil because that tends to be the way the judges go. Uh, I'm looking at the line. We didn't look at the line for Covington Maya. Who's the favorite in that fight? Betting lines. I would guess Maya all day. Colby Covington minus. 140. Um, are you kidding me on that? I'm not looking at the fight on. This think, is about a lot of five times. I think we have an easy Leslie Smith underdog pick. But Damian he's not Maya's an underdog. He's not an underdog. Damian Maya's not an underdog. Oh, but I have Covington. I have know, him. but I can't believe Maya's an underdog. I know. It's you. worth money right now. Like <laughs> So much. That's a wager gauge you play. I don't know. That's no a, Leslie Smith yeah. this week. It's just his little, so it's it's little it is what it is. The, the heart wants what the heart wants. And I think that's where we end it there. Follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean. And for all things Lesbo and the Bean, lesboandthebean.com. Lesbo and the Bean!